Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. This series has been called Legacy. And we said that legacy is a future without you, still influenced by you. One day, all of us are going to die. But what we do doesn't have to die with us. Inheritance is what you leave behind, but legacy is who you leave behind. As a matter of fact, it was Shakespeare who said, if we recognized who we were leaving all of our wealth to, we'd spend a whole lot more time working on who we left it to and not what we were going to leave to them. Our true legacy is what we do that lasts for eternity and what we do for people. I've been with many people near the end of their lives And in every one of those instances, never do any one of them ask for their financial planner. Never do anyone wonder, what's the stock market? Is crypto up or not? How's the Dow Jones doing? What's the NASDAQ at? What is my 401k at? At those moments, it's always, where are the people that matter? How does catalytic change, real transformation happen? I think it's prophetic that today is the day for time change because how many of you know it's time for a change in our country? How many of you know it's time for a change in our state? And how many of you know this time for a change in Acadiana? Dr. Darius Daniels, who's going to be here with us again at Spiritual Renewal this year, says we can't always judge people, but we can judge patterns. We can't judge patterns. I just gave some of you parents a great line when you're concerned about your kids and you go to them and go, hey, I'm concerned about you. You're judging me. I want you to say, no, I don't judge people, but I can judge patterns. And before, when this behavior has begun to occur, here's what happened afterwards. So let's look back at the patterns of how God has truly changed people, countries, regions. Today, our Bible story picks up thousands of years ago. God is about to have a conversation with a man that is going to change the destiny of two million people. As a matter of fact, those people are alive today because of the conversation that God is about to have. The man that he's having a conversation with was raised in the palace of Egypt. He was like Pharaoh's adopted grandson. And even though he was a Hebrew, he was raised in Pharaoh's home from the time of his infancy all the way till he was 40 years old. And one day, this man, who am I talking about? Moses. And one day, Moses saw his brothers, the children of Israel, being beaten, and he couldn't stand there anymore. So he rose up and he killed an Egyptian soldier who was beating one of the children of Israel, one of God's people. And because of that, Pharaoh wanted to kill him, so he ran far away into the wilderness. We pick up the story now, 40 years later. Moses was 40 when he killed the Egyptian soldier, and it's now been 40 years. He doesn't know who's alive in Egypt. He doesn't know if Pharaoh's alive. He doesn't know what happened to the family that gave him up. Now, 
He's offered an entirely new life. And this conversation happens between him and God at a burning bush. Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. And the Lord said to Moses, I have surely, what? Seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. And I have heard their what? Their cry because of their taskmasters. And I know their what? So he says, I know their sorrows. So now I have come down to deliver them. Now, can you imagine how excited Moses is to hear that? He tried to do that 40 years before. And because of that, he had to run into the wilderness. So he's saying now, God is going to do something that he wanted to see done a long time ago. Aren't you glad when God says he's going to do something good? Pastor Chris had an amazing word when he said, I see waves of grace coming. I see God healing people. I see God touching lives. How many of you received that for yourself and for your family? But when God says something like that, guess who he uses to do it? You're going to find out in the next verse. Verse 10. Come now, therefore, Moses, and I will send you. Whoa, 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 wait a minute, God. I, I thought you were going to change things. I thought you have seen and heard and felt and that you were going to do something. And he said, I am. But Moses, I'm going to find someone who will listen to what I see, who know what I hear, and who will feel what I feel. So I got a question for you. Is it possible today that once again, God is looking for people that he can tell what he sees, what he hears, and what he feels about sex trafficking? Over a million teenagers run away each year in America. We now know a large portion of those are being sex trafficked. Maybe you read the article in the news yesterday. It was about a 15 or 16-year-old beautiful blonde-headed girl who, who was being sex trafficked by a 60-year-old man. I, I'm not TikTok, Sabe. Some of you forgive me. I just figured out Facebook. Okay, don't worry. I'm coming up on Instagram. I'm coming after you. And, and there was a TikTok about some hand signals you could make that say, I need help. And so this girl was in a car, someone was coming by her, and she made these hand signals, and they had someone, told someone, call the police, the police pulled them over and rescued this 16-year-old girl from being sex trafficked by a 60-year-old man. Is it possible that God is looking for someone that he can look at and go, do you see what I see? Do you hear what I hear? Louisiana is the, one of the top 10 states for sex trafficking in the United States. We're one of the smallest states, 4.6 million people. But we are 10th in the nation and leading in sex trafficking. Is it possible that God wants to tell someone what he hears when it comes to the opiate crisis and to addictions? The whole world was shocked because they said 150 or 60,000 people died with COVID a year ago. Now, most of those individuals, very few died specifically of COVID itself. They died of a lot of secondary issues and COVID came along and it ultimately killed them. How many of you know that? Okay, there are people, healthy people that do die from COVID, but it's rare. But there, there are some that do. 
the population of Lafayette, Louisiana, OD'd on heroin and opiates and meth last year. Period. It wasn't they had diabetes. It wasn't they had high blood pressure or heart issue. I was speaking to the chief of police of Opelousas who told me on Monday night, Pastor, in Opelousas last week on a Saturday, two weeks ago on a Saturday, there were four deaths in funeral homes on a Saturday of people that died of opiate abuse, of fentanyl. He said, Pastor, one was a single mama who thought her son was at school. He skipped school that day to go buy a pair of Jordans with his friends and then came home in the afternoon. She thought he was cutting the yard. Somewhere, someone gave him heroin and it had fentanyl in it. And when she went looking for her son, he was dead. I've sat here in this church. I've sat here at funeral homes and cried with the mamas and the daddies that lost their children. I believe that God hears their cry. I believe that God hears their cry. So you say, Pastor, what, what, what are we going to do about that? I'm glad you asked. Because we are partnering with a program. Watch this. The average drug rehabilitation center costs $1,000 a day. If you pay cash, it's $20,000 for 30 days. Do you know how many of those people statistically return back to drugs that have spent twenty dollars or $30,000? 90%. 30 days isn't long enough to do anything but sober up. You need to be removed far away from people, places, and things. The people you ran with, the places you went, and the things you did. It takes six weeks to build a habit, bare minimum. And that's if you're sober and sane and in your right mind and want to change. So you know what we've done because of your generosity? We've partnered with a ministry that has a 76% cure rate that people never go back to their addiction after they go through. They have 250 locations in the United States, and the one we've partnered with, the main one, is in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. It's called Adult and Teen Challenge. They can take 200 men. The average age of men there is 40 years old. Do you know how much it costs to go? $500 in transportation. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to raise $100,000 to pay to get people in and to pay to send them there because we believe that God has heard their cry and he's allowed us to share in it as well. I, I know that, that when we do this, people go, well, Pastor, well, I mean, we help with the hurricanes and Pastor, we help people when, you know, in another crisis and we do all kinds of different things. The, the schools, we help them. I mean, Pastor, isn't there someplace else? Isn't there somebody else that can help all these people? Let me tell you what God has to say about that in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 11. Go and rescue the, be there, what? Why would you stand back and watch them stagger to death? Why would you say, but it's none of my business? The one who knows you completely and judges your every motive is also the keeper of souls and not just yours. He sees to your excuses 
and he holds you responsible for failing to help those whose lives are threatened. When God wants to change something, guess who he uses? Okay, let me help you. It starts with an M and it ends with a me. He wants to use He wants to use He wants to use me. Can I can I ask you a question? Did you ever think about the fact that what God asked you to do never ends with what God asked you to do? Like when he asks you to obey him, to do something, you don't know all the different things that are going to transpire along the way to bring change. You know how I know that? Because not many years ago in the Philippines, there was a missionary couple that was there planting churches and reaching people. They had several children and, and their last child, their last child About four or five months into the pregnancy, the doctor said, this child is going to be born deformed. This child probably won't even make it to full term. So we advise you to abort the child. The woman said, but you you don't understand. I'm a Christian, and I believe that every child is valuable, and if the child comes out Down syndrome or however, every child is a gift from God. I am pro-life from conception, from the womb to the tomb. And they said to the lady, well, you surely can't have it here in the Philippines. So she flew back to the United States with the promises of God and her conviction that every child was valuable. Aren't you grateful for people that have a stand like that? You know why? Because the child that was born to her was named Timothy Tebow. And yes, he won the Heisman Trophy. And yes, I hated him when he was at Florida. Okay? I I hated his playing, but I loved him in a Jesus kind of a way. But since that time, he's allowed the platform that God has given him to be the foundation. He married Miss Universe, and together they're changing the world. Together they are starting orphanages. Together, once a year, they have proms hundreds and hundreds all across the world for Down syndrome children that they are leading to Christ and ministering to. And now they are building safe houses for those who've been sex trafficked who are trying to make a signal to somebody that they might hear their cry. And do you know what we're going to do with the million dollars we raised from all of our campuses? We're going to give them $250,000 to build a home for those who've been rescued out of sex trafficking. He's so passionate about it. Let me let him tell you himself. For me, with anti-human trafficking, it was almost nine, ten years ago now. I was, um, I get a call from my dad, and he says, hey, Timmy, I just bought four girls. I was like, what are you talking about? You just bought four girls. And he said, uh, he was preaching at an underground pastor's conference in a remote country where Christianity is not really allowed. And uh, he said, where we were preaching, they were selling four girls. And I said, well, what did you do? He said, I had to do something. So I walked over there and I bought them because I knew all the other people that were going to buy them were going to do terrible things. 
And so he said, you know, what do you think we should do? And, and you know, his ministry was, it's a little different than ours. They were in church planting and, and evangelism, and, but we were, already had orphanages, a bunch of places. So we, I was like, well, we're going to build the fastest safe home. We didn't know what we were doing, but we, we hid the girls in, a, in an underground church for the first few nights, and we built an incredibly fast safe home. And those were the first four girls that um, we ever built a safe home for. And thankfully, we've gotten a, um, been able to, to rescue and, and restore a lot since then. Well, we're going to do something about it. We started today, and we're going to continue. And by God's grace, we want to help you build a safe house for these women, and these folks are going to help do that. Thank you. All of our Savior's Church, what's up, guys? This is Tim Tebow, and I want to say thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor Jacob. Thank you, Mr. Michelle, for um, loving the work that we're doing at TTF, but more importantly, uh, loving the people that we're loving and helping. And such a big part of our fight is for those that are being trafficked here in our backyard and also around the world. Thank you for partnering with us to want to build safe houses for those who have truly got out of the darkest hour of need. And we believe as as Christians that Jesus came on a rescue mission for us and we better be on a rescue mission for people. We want to love who he loves. We will love what he loves and he loves people. We need to love people. Thank you for loving people so well. Thank you for this generous um, donation, this kind gift and this partnership. We're super grateful. We really believe we'll be able to change lives together. We're grateful for you. Pastor Jacob, we love you. God bless you guys. Not only are we going to do that, again, remember what I told you, what God asks you to do never ends with what God asks you to what? To do. In the last three months, we have sent 28 men and women to Teen Challenge. I know you hear that and you think that's just a number, but behind every one of those numbers is a mama, a praying mama, a daddy. Someone said no parent is any happier than their saddest child. Is that true? And I think it's even doubly true for grandparents. Isn't that true, grandparents? So when you hear stories about people whose lives are changed, You hear often the negative, but you don't hear the positive. So today, I want to introduce you to somebody you sent to Teen Challenge just a few weeks ago. He made worldwide news by what he did. And now, Jesus is changing his life at Teen Challenge. Watch his story. Oh, video is circulating on social media showing the moment one man made a decision that really could have cost him his life. Yeah, no kidding. The man decides to jump off a bridge and into the Atchafalaya Basin as he and other drivers were sitting in gridlock along I-10. Johnson Von Springer has the story. Shocking video Friday. Standstill traffic giving this man the ill-advised idea to jump from the Basin Bridge (laughs) into the Atchafalaya River below. I-10 West was closed four hours Friday afternoon after a 10-vehicle pileup. And it was while sitting in traffic, he had the idea to jump. I jumped off the bridge, and when I hit the water, my shoulder went up and kind of hurt my shoulder, but I started swimming. So swimming. And I did, couldn't get back to the bank because the current was too was way too strong. The jump setting off an hours-long search. Wildlife and fisheries agents, along with the St. Martin Parish Sheriff's Office, involved. Deputies saying the exhaustive and extensive search should so never swimming. have been necessary, as he should have never jumped. I stayed in the water for probably about, I had a watch on, I looked at it for probably about two and a half, three hours. Thought I was going to die, but God saved me. 
and he uh, got back. Finally, all the waters went still, and I went back. I was able to get back onto shore, and that's that. I was. It was pretty crazy me getting back to shore. A trek for all involved. Once he made it back to land, it took even more time for officials to find him. His friend, Corey Vaughn, a New Roads native, was there as he decided to take the plunge. A plunge he now admits was a bad idea and could have ended tragically. Hey, Our Savior's Church. My name is Jimmy Jennings. Uh, thank you for your generosity. It helped me get here to Teen Challenge, and, and God's completely changed my life. There's a lot of men out here just like me, and, um, and they need your help as well. Uh, this, is, this is an amazing place, and God is just moving over here. So thank you for your generosity, and thank you for, for helping people just like me get here. Something amazing happened in the last service. Jimmy's life has been changed. He had struggled with addictions and other things in times of his life. He was either going to go. There was four parishes that held charges against him because of what you saw happen. By the way, he's the first person to ever jump off the bridge and live. And Jimmy had four parishes that had charges against him. They told him they would suspend the charges for 12 months if he would go to Teen Challenge. And that's what he chose to do. And Jesus is using even something that foolish to bring transformation to his life. Oh, it gets better. You can't even make this up. I'm standing at the back like I do after every service, shaking people's hand and a girl waits around and she walks up to me and she says, crying, she said, I had to talk to you. She said, I haven't been to church in a year. I just felt moved to come today. My brother is Jimmy. I didn't even know this church sent him. You see, Jimmy's got a mom and a daddy. Jimmy's got a wife. But do you know why we're reaching Jimmy? And do you know why we even know? Because what God asks you to do never ends with what God asks you to do. The reason we're even connected there is because 12 years ago, from one of the wealthiest families in Acadiana, a boy who started off in boxing. And when he was hurt, they would give him drugs so that he could go on and go to the next boxing match and ultimately ended up in a lifestyle of addiction. It was so bad that even though there were many wealthy family members here in Acadiana, none of them would have anything to do with him because of his lying and his stealing and all that he'd done. One of his grandparents said, we'll give you a mattress and you can sleep in the garage for one week, but you gotta find a place to go. And he found Teen Challenge. It took him two years to go through a 12-month program. He didn't know how to read, and he didn't know how to write. So the first thing he learned how to read was the Word of God. And he began memorizing it. He stayed there on staff for years, helping others that were just like him. He came back, his daddy and Karen Crow has a large beehives business. And so he began to take his daddy's beehives in some, some plastic containers and, and put honey in them and sell them at flea markets and any place that would take it. That was 12 years ago. Today, he is the largest seller of honey in the entire Gulf Coast region. If you bought at Albertsons, if you bought at Sam's, if you bought at all these different uh, Rouse's, all these different stores, then you bought Carmichael honey. 
And God not only changed Nathan's life, but he also added to his family. Can we get his picture? There's Nathan. And then he changed and added to his family. And today, Nathan and Marcella Carmichael are right here. Would you stand up? Turn around. Come on, turn around. Turn around, let people see you. Nathan. Nathan, y'all come up here. Come on up here. Come on up. Come on up. Because when God changed him, you can be seated. He changed the future of a wife, of two children. Now, this is an amazing story, isn't it? But what God asks you to do never ends with. And so Nathan, since the time he's come back for years, has made it his aim to take other people to Teen Challenge. He paid the $500 to get them in, and he would either pay for the bus ticket, the plane ticket, or send them. Four years ago, there was a mom in our Savior's church who was at a meeting, a support meeting called Celebrate Recovery for people in our church. She had one son. He was addicted to opiates. A lady told her about Nathan, and she called Nathan and said, I found out who you were through Celebrate Recovery, and and I understand that, that, that you help people. She said, I have one son. He's addicted. Would you reach out to him? And Donna did that. Donna, come on up here. This is a praying mama. And she said, I want to see my son changed. Do any of you have a loved one that struggled with addiction? Come on. You've been where Donna is. Nathan called. No way. The boy said, if you think I'm going someplace for 12 months, Ba, I don't need that, boy. I'm going to be all right, Ba. I can make it, Ba. I'm from Maurice. One year later, one year from that time, Nathan's looking through his phone to call someone named Kyle, and the name Kylan comes up. And he goes, I haven't talked to that kid in a year. So he calls him. Kylan? He said, man, I'm glad you called, Ba. He said, today's the worst day of my life. I went to my drug dealer in Northside, spent all my money. I ran out of gas on the Evangeline Thruway. He said, my parents won't let me in. He said, I don't have enough gas to even get anywhere. My daddy just gave me $5 for gas and said, I never imagined I'd have a child like you. And he said, could I go to that place, Teen Challenge? Could I still go there? He said, absolutely. And I'll take you there tomorrow. And the next day he picked him up at his grandmother's house and he drove him. And God changed Kylan LeBlanc's life. Put Kylan's picture up there. God changed, God changed his life. He came, he stayed there on, on staff and then came back. And today he is the manager of Carmichael Honey. But it gets better than that. 
because he got connected with my son Joseph when he got back at sub 30. And if you haven't been there, that's for students 18 to 30. They meet once a month. It's an amazing gathering. And someone told him about Joseph and Joseph met him and began bringing him over the house and connecting with our family and other leaders. And he said, Kylan, he said, you know, we're meeting at the White House. He said, we have, we have people with golf carts. We're going to bring you. I want you to drive a golf cart. He goes, but I don't want to drive a golf cart, but he said, you might meet your wife if you drive a golf cart. He said, really? And so that night while he was picking up people, there was a young girl who was an elementary school teacher, Karen Crow, elementary, who'd given her life to Christ and was being discipled by Gerald and Kim Hebert. And guess what? God brought them together. And then Michelle and I had the privilege being with him. Put the next picture up there. And this is him and his beautiful wife, Colin. I want you and your wife to come forward. Because what God asked you to do never ends with what God asked you to do. These, these are people that you can see. Bridge Jumper, who you can see. You don't know the stories of the other 28 people who have a mama and a daddy, but God has heard their cry. He has seen their heartache. And he's going to use you and I to send them to a place where they can really see their lives changed, where they can be away from here, the people, places, and things they used to do, and the people, places, and things they used to run with, and be away for a year, year and a half, and see Jesus change their life. And for those who have a call to ministry or a call to business, they're going to come back, and we have a home in Sunset where we're going to take those that are called to ministry and those that are called to work in business. Those that are called to work in business are going to be with Nathan and those that are called to work in ministry we're going to train and equip and they're going to reach people that were right where they were with the gospel and the same power that changed their lives. $200,000 is going to go to that home. There's going to be after school learning centers at Northside for fatherless children. And in St. Martinville, there's going to be help done at all of our campuses through what's done. But the majority of what we're going to do is going to reach people who may never walk in the doors of this church, but are in the end may be in heaven because of you and me and our efforts and sacrifices. You know who one of the, the last person we sent was? On Monday night, our directors, Michael and Victoria Hankins, got a call from the Opelousas Police Department. There was a young lady, seven and a half months pregnant with a small child, with a small child, with a small child. And they called and said, do you have a place where we can go struggling with addiction and things like that? And yesterday morning, because of your generosity, that seven, that woman and her seven and a half month pregnant baby and the child she's with her, landed in Minden, Louisiana at the Women's Teen Challenge, and there she's being cared for because of you. <laughs> Baby, don't get mad. A beautiful girl walked up to me afterwards, church, and I got a witness. Beautiful girl. And she said, Pastor Jacob, thank you for sharing about Minden. Nine years ago, I was an addict and I was sent there. 
and God changed my life. And a handsome man came walking up and two beautiful children. And she said, I am serving Jesus today because of what happened there. You can't even make this up. The bridge jumper, he is the only person that survived that ever jumped in the basin. His sister, who hadn't been to church in a year, walks in and goes, I look up and there's my brother. She's crying. Marcella, Nathan, Donna, a praying mama, and Kyle and his beautiful wife. You can't make this up. There is nothing like Jesus changing people's lives. Look at me. We're not in the drug business. We're not in the marriage business. We're not in the healing business. We're in the Jesus business. And when you get close to Jesus, everything changes. Everything changes. Y'all may go be seated. Would you give them a big hand and thank them for sharing their stories with us today and the miracle. So pastor, what do you want us to do? Here's what I want you to do. I've asked you to pray about what you should give. To pray. I've asked you to write on the back of this card your greatest need. How many of you know someone that really needs help but won't receive it from you? Raise your hand. I do. And you know what I've done? I'm going to help somebody who will receive the help they need and sow it as a seed towards somebody I love who will not receive the help they need. That's what I'm going to do. So I want you to write on this card your biggest need. And then I want you to bring your biggest gift and or your commitment of what you will do in the next six months, an IOU. This is what I'm going to do. I've told you where the monies are going to go. You don't know how proud I was to stand up in front of all the district attorneys in the state of Louisiana who said the jail cells are full and because of COVID, they've been cut in half. We're taking drug people, arresting them and releasing them and many of them are dead before their court date. That's what the prosecuting attorney of the state of the city of Lafayette told me. He said, Pastor, can we call you and get someone sent there right away? You know what one of the other guys said? He said, Pastor, and they looked at the district attorney. He said, could we do this? Could we tell them we're going to suspend all the charges for drugs and what they've done? Hold it over their head till they finish Teen Challenge. And if they finish, we'll forgive them of all of their charges and expunge their record. So what I want you to do, number one, Pray about what God wants you to do. Two, write down your greatest need. And three, in just a moment, write that and bring that down. Pastor Chris is going to direct you in a minute, but the last thing I want to do is what we do at every service. We're going to give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus Christ for you to be born again. How many of you know you don't have to be on drugs to be lost? How many of you know a lot of us are stuck on stupid and we can't even blame it on drugs? 
Do you know that when Jimmy jumped off, he wasn't on drugs? I bet he wanted to be on drugs when he landed down there at the bottom. Would you bow your head with me a moment? Father, thank you so much for the grace of God. Thank you for your great love for people, whether it's a Tim Tebow or a Nathan or a Donna who represents every mother and grandmother that ever cried out for their children or sister for Marcella it meant a new husband for Kylan it meant a new future for his wife it meant a new partner thank you only you can change people Jesus You breathe into the dust of the earth and made man the first time and only you can breathe on us and remake us in a moment. Today, we pray for many here that have maybe have not been born again themselves. Jesus said, unless a man or woman is born again, they wouldn't see the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, unless a man or woman was born again, they wouldn't enter into the kingdom of heaven. You might say, well, pastor, I've been christened. I've been baptized. I've joined the church. Isn't that good enough? That's a great start, but that's not what Jesus said. He said, you must be born again. Have you been born again? You say, pastor, how can I do that? It's as easy as ABC. A, admit that you're a sinner. B, believe that Jesus Christ became your sin bearer and that he died for your sin so you wouldn't have to die with your sin. C, confess Christ as your Lord and Savior, as you turn away from sin to be born again. Have you been born again? The answer to that question determines where you spend eternity. If you haven't, today, whether you're watching online or whether you're in this room, I'm going to count to three in just a moment. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, and I'm just going to pray for you right where you are. I'm not going to call you up. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to just pray for you right where you are for today to be your day of new beginning your day to be born again. How do I do that, Pastor? A, admit that I'm a sinner. B, believe that Jesus Christ became my sin bearer and he died for my sin so I wouldn't have to die with my sin. C, confess Christ as your Lord and Savior as you turn away from sin to be born again. So on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand by, by doing that. You're simply saying, Pastor, pray for me. I've never prayed to be born again. It only happens once. One, God brought you here. Nothing is ever an accident. The stories you saw, the lives that were being changed, God knew what would touch your heart. Two, everything in your life has been leading up to this moment. God has been planting people and seeds all in your life to lead up to this moment. And now's your time to be born again and to know Christ, to turn away from sin, to be different, to find your purpose. Three, if that's you, lift your hand high. Pastor, pray for me. I want to be born again. Yes, I see your hand. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Anywhere else? Nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Okay, you can put your hands down. Last 10 seconds, Pastor, I didn't raise my hand with these 14, but I should have. My heart's about to beat out of my chest. I know this is what I need. I can't explain what's happening inside me. I know God's talking to me. I didn't raise my hand, but I should have. I'm asking this last time for you. Raise your hand and wave it at me. Wave it at me. Wave it at me. 
Wave it at me so I can see your hand. All right. Absolutely. Now, church, let's pray out loud with those that raise their hand to be born again today. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe it on the cross. You took my guilt, my sin, and my shame, and you died for it. I believe you faced hell for me so I would not have to go. And you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn away from sin to be born again. Today, God is my Father, Jesus is my Savior, and I am born again in Jesus' name. Amen.